The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, October 29, 2023, on the basis of verses from Daniel chapter 6. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. About 2,500 years ago, a Jewish man stood on trial in front of a Persian king. His crime? He'd been caught red-handed opposing the religion of the empire. A little more than 500 years ago, a German man stood before a German emperor. He too had been caught red-handed opposing the religion of the empire. Just 20 years ago, a Sudanese man stood before his Sudanese family. He had been caught opposing the religion of his nation. Three different men in three different eras of history on three different continents, but they all had one thing in common. They didn't have freedom of religion. In America, we don't have to worry about getting caught red-handed for worshiping our God. When we woke up and got ready to come to church today, we didn't have to make up a plan B just in case we got caught by the secret police. We didn't have to sneak down a back alleyway to get to a dark church. We don't have to keep our voices, voices hushed. No, we came here to this big, beautiful building on top of a hill. All the lights are shining, belting out a mighty fortress is our God. We are blessed to live in America where our country, our government, promises us in the First Amendment that it will defend our freedom of religion. We're so blessed that we might be tempted to turn our government into an idol. We might be tempted to trust in our government more than we trust in our God. We might be tempted to expect things from our government that we should expect from God. We might be tempted to expect our government to hold persecution away from us. But in Daniel chapter, chapter 6, God shows us that he doesn't need government's help to protect us. He shows us that those who pledge allegiance to him will never stand alone against persecution. We may have to stand firm against making government our God, but God will stand with us when we do. Last week, we heard how Daniel was taken from his home country at a young age as a teenager and brought to live in the foreign nation of Babylon. We heard how he was pressed into government service, and we heard how God blessed him in that service. He gave him seven decades of serving in that government. Daniel shot up the ranks. When we see him in Daniel chapter 6, he has risen to the rank of administrator, which means that he's one of three people who ruled each a third of the empire. Daniel answered only to the king. And Daniel was having so much success in that role that the king wanted to create a whole new position for him. The king wanted to make Daniel above the other administrators and rule the entire kingdom. That kind of success is going to make some people jealous. And sure enough, Daniel's peers, those fellow administrators, wanted to get him out of there. So they did what you do when you want to take down a politician. They looked for skeletons in his closet. But as we heard last week, Daniel was a faithful servant. He saw his service to his government as a way to serve God, and so there were no skeletons to be found. 
So these jealous rulers tried to make up a skeleton. They tried to frame Daniel. They came up with an edict, with a law that said, nobody can worship any other god except for King Darius for a whole month. They took the law to Darius. Darius, of course, loved the idea, and he signed it into law. The trap was set. Daniel was forced to make a decision. He could either continue to serve his God and risk facing the lions, or he could give up serving God and serve his government instead. Sounds like a decision that we wouldn't have to make. It sounds pretty primitive to us. Daniel's government is completely different than ours. But in our government, which is of, by, and for the people, we are just as liable to fall into the temptation of making government our God, even if it's not forced on us. No matter whether we support our government or disagree with them, we are equally likely to be tempted. If we support the people who are, are our representatives, we might be tempted to think that the reason we are being blessed is because of them, because of their government, and not because of God. Or on the other side, if we disagree with everything that our representatives are doing, we're showing that we're expecting those blessings to come from the government, even if it's not doing its role, when we should be expecting them from God. For example, the blessing of financial security. When inflation is on the rise and our income isn't keeping up, where do we turn? Do we turn first to our God to provide for us? Or do we expect our government to come up with a solution, better policies or better candidates? Or how about the blessing of purpose? Isn't it easier to think that we need to find our purpose somewhere in politics, on the left or the right, or somewhere in the middle? Don't we think that we'll make a bigger difference if we work in the political sphere instead of just serving our neighbors that God places in front of us? Or how about the blessing of religious freedom? When it seems like America is closing in on our Christian beliefs, do we feel threatened? Do we think that we need to elect people from one side or the other? We need to get them into office and they'll protect our values. Do we think that the government, we need the government to protect our faith? Daniel's government certainly did not protect his faith. Quite the opposite. Daniel made his decision to stand firm against making government his God. Daniel heard about the edict and then he turned right around and went back to his house and continued to pray to his God three times a day, just like he had done for so many years. The amount of persecution that Daniel faced did not affect his faith. Because Daniel knew that no matter how much persecution, no matter the consequences, God would stand with him. And those consequences came. Daniel's jealous peers caught him red-handed, praying to his God. They dragged him in front of King Darius. King Darius loved Daniel. He did just about everything he could to keep him from being executed, but in the end, the laws of the Medes and the Persians cannot be repealed. And so King Darius threw Daniel to the lion's den. The den was sealed. Daniel's jealous peers rejoiced, thinking they'd won. King Darius went home and couldn't sleep. Everyone thought that Daniel was a goner. 
except, of course, God. God stood with Daniel that night in the, in the lion's den. When it seemed like Daniel's back was against the wall, when it seemed like there was nowhere else to turn, that's when his God did his most amazing work. When the government tried to silence a, true, a believer in the true God, it wasn't Daniel's mouth that was closed. It was the government that was toothless before God. God showed his power over government that night in the lion's den. And God also showed that he loves to work when it seems like his back is against the wall. A little more than 500 years after that night in the lion's den, the devil thought he had God on the ropes again. Another Jewish man was on trial. This time he was facing off against the Roman government. This Jewish man had not committed a single sin in his entire life, not even sins of thought. And yet the government condemned him to be crucified. Jesus had just as much power over that government as God had over Daniel's government. Jesus could have snapped his fingers and changed the governor's attitude towards him and he could have walked away free. But he didn't. Instead, he showed his control over government in a much more lasting way. Jesus let himself be killed by the government and turned that government persecution into God's purpose to save us from our sins. Jesus' death at the hands of human government, God used to take away all our sins. When the Romans put Jesus to death, God put all of our sins to death along with him. Gone are all our sins of making the government our idol. Gone are our sins of trusting in God for our financial security, entrusting our government for financial security instead of God. Gone are all our sins of finding our purpose in politics instead of our Savior. Gone are our sins of thinking we need the government's help to protect our religion. When Jesus was put to death by this human government, in divine irony, God took away all our sins of making government our God. And because we know the stories of Daniel and of Jesus, we can make God our God. Because God wasn't finished on that Good Friday. Jesus rose from the dead, and he ascended to heaven, where he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And from God's right hand, he rules over all governments. Jesus rules all things for the good of his church. Jesus showed that he has power over the government 500 years ago, when that German man, Martin Luther, was standing on trial. Jesus stood with him through that persecution so that Martin Luther could go on to teach and preach and write about the pure message of the gospel. Jesus showed he has power over all things when he stood with that Sudanese man that night when he was facing persecution. And he was able to go on to share the gospel. Pledge your allegiance to Jesus. He has stood with millions of Christians in the past. He will stand with you too. But just because we pledge our allegiance to God doesn't mean that we don't pledge our allegiance to government. Did you notice what Daniel said after the lion's den was opened the next morning? Think about what Daniel was feeling at this point. 
He had been serving this government faithfully for seven decades, and his reward was to be thrown to the lions. And then the next morning, when he survived, the entrance was opened, and the first face he sees is that greedy and debaucherous king who threw him in there. Wouldn't you like to give that king a piece of your mind? But what does Daniel say? O king, may you live forever. Daniel pledged his allegiance to his king, to his government, while still pledging his highest allegiance to God. And we can do the same. When financial struggles come, we can trust in God first and foremost that he will provide for us. And then we can also go vote for the candidate who we think has the best financial policy. We find our purpose in our King Jesus first. And then from the love that he lavishes on us, our love overflows to others, and we might try and work towards a better society. When we pledge our highest allegiance to God, everything else falls into its proper place. And those who pledge allegiance to God will never stand alone against persecution. Maybe you feel like American culture is putting Christianity in the rearview mirror. Maybe you feel like that your kids aren't going to grow up in a world that's as friendly to them as it was to you. Maybe you feel like people are more likely to think that you're a little bit odd for going to church. When these thoughts come into your mind and when you feel discouraged, remember the story of Daniel. Remember that it doesn't matter what the culture is or who is in charge of the government. King Jesus is on the throne. He will preserve his church. He will grow his church, especially when it seems like his back is against the wall. No matter the amount or the intensity of the persecution we face, Jesus will stand with us. God sometimes allows persecution in our lives, but it's because he loves to turn that persecution into evangelism. You might have heard the story of Daniel in the lion's den since you were young, but did you know that it was one of the greatest evangelism events in world history? That's because after King Darius realized it was Daniel's God who protected him from those lions, he issued a proclamation that went out to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth. The proclamation said that Daniel's God was the living God. So God stood with Daniel through that persecution and ended up spreading his name, his saving name, into all the world. Maybe you've heard the story of Martin Luther before and how God enabled him to stand firm against the persecution he was facing. And once again, God turned that persecution into evangelism as Martin Luther went on to bring back the pure message of the gospel to churches all over the world. You might not have heard the story about the Sudanese man just a few decades ago. He had come over to America where he came to faith in Jesus as his savior, and he wanted to go back to his family in Sudan and tell them the good news. But it didn't turn out like he expected. The whole village, the whole town, was thrown into chaos. But God stood with him through persecution, and eventually he got enough opportunities to share the gospel that the Holy Spirit started to work in his family, and now they all believe in Jesus as their Savior. 
if the rumors of Christianity or of America becoming more and more anti-Christianity become more and more loud, allow yourself to become more and more encouraged. Because our faith does not depend on our government's religious policy. Our faith does not depend on the amount of persecution that we face. Our faith depends on Jesus. Pledge your allegiance to him and you will never stand alone. Amen. Thank you.